0: Good morning, everyone. I go see one of the biggest days of my speaking career, and no better people to share it with than my two friends, Infante, co hosting with me today, and of course, the incredible Adam Jablin. Welcome, boys, to office hours.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, David. Vin, nice to meet you.
2: Nice to meet you, too, Adam. Good morning. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well you two guys having come in common.
0: um and I'm down here in Mexico City I get to have the honor of sharing a stage with the goat himself Tom Brady today I've been manifesting this for several years you know everyone has their own uh manifestations and opportunities and goals and with the of uh, my favorite sport is going to be an incredible day besides even more popular than the goat down here chicharito and I are going to It up well with a little fireside chat. Uh, But Adam, uh, you have helped so many people um, recover. I say clear the interference. You have your seven day challenges, a 90 day transformational one on one, so many different ways uh, to help people. Um, What have you found to be the most effective way to get people to want to recover?
1: Dave, for me, it's all about no matter what kind of program my clients choose, in the beginning, it's always about getting a common language, getting so they can understand what I'm saying, I understand what they're saying, and and preparing them to make that decision. You know, once they make that decision and they're all in, believe it or not, everything else comes easy because now there's just focus, but it's all the little stories and all the little worries and anxieties before that that you have to clear out. Get them completely focused. Make that decision, and then any every action becomes easy, every single one.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. We have our actual uh, credible source here, and my psychotherapist buddy here, Vin and Ponte. So I thought it'd be a great compliment to our conversation. Uh,
2: Vin, what, what do you have on your wrap? Well, I'm definitely curious. I, I love what he said about finding the common ground. So I want to kind of just jump into that a little more because I think that's really important. People don't understand how if you utilize different language than the person you're speaking with, you're breaking connection. So I'm curious, Adam, what do you look for to bridge those connections? What are those little things that get you into their world that you find?
1: Yeah, so most of the time when, I find, when I'm being a client, it's either they have been referred to me, they've seen me on some sort of social media, or a parent or spouse is making the introduction, and I'm going to just do a little research, a little digging on what do they like. So let's just pretend. Oh, your oh, okay, so your husband's David. Oh, he loves football. He he likes Tom Brady. Okay. And I'm, what I'm doing is I'm programmed, I'm getting into that guy's psyche and into that guy's language. So when we first meet the last thing I'm going to talk about is the problem. Mm. I'm going to talk about the new England Patriots. I'm going to talk about the Tampa Bay bucks. I'm going to talk about have they seen sports live. I'm going to talk about, do they love their kids? I'm going to talk about, do they love their spouse? And then I'm going to slowly, slowly, when the time is right, bring up. Oh, so tell me about that DUI. You know I mean, but but I need them to understand that they can trust me right now. Once I already understand that they're they like sports or they like fitness or they now I can I can use it in their terms. You know, A lot of times I work with a lot of guys in the IFBB. I'm probably going to be up at the Olympia in a week. Right. With them, I'll be speaking in terms where. You know, imagine in the recovery, I'm going to be speaking about meals throughout the day and rest and recovery and certain training splits. I'm using their language that, so they can go, oh, this is this is a lot easier than I thought it was. But if I'm coming in speaking Chinese or I'm speaking recovery terminology using words like resentment and, you know, and, and you know, we're going to do 90 days and 90 They're going to look at me like what? Like this is just not for me, bro. I mean, this is just not for me. So I just build that common language, kind of, you know, lower their defense mechanisms and and build a brotherly bond, then take them on their journey.
0: Love that. And, you know, uh, I'm a big Marshall Thurber fan. Wrote a book called Social Deviance. has a technique called perturbation. Uh, And, you know, in order to create change, uh, he believes and so many football coaches believe that we have to perturb the norm to create uh, a dis-ease in the normal course of action. Um, But a lot of people don't understand that you have to have that credibility in relationship uh, before we can perturb a situation. And I find today, um, especially in recovery and in parenting, that even with credibility, a lot of recovery specialists and parents are afraid to perturbate their clients or their children. They're afraid of hurting their feelings. They're afraid. And so they enable them and they buy into their BS and get conned either by their clients or conned by their children that they want to change, that they're doing the work. And I have found in my own coaching clients that my biggest hurdle is that they want to change and they actually do the work because for the minimum amount of time that I get to spend with them and even with the credibility You know, I'm in a crux where I'm afraid to perturbate my own clients because I don't fire. And, you know, it took me a long time until I had a long wait list to not give a shit if somebody fires me and to tell the truth. But I still have a difficult time perturbating people. What's your philosophy in this idea of perturbation, uh, of pushing somebody, not enabling them? Me or Vin, David? Uh, You, you. Vin. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, David. Yeah, I think. Uh, tell me if you feel the same way, and Vin, maybe you the same way as well. Um, a lot of times, I feel like I'm I'm called in because the parent can't do that. I'm called in because the spouse can't do that, and I don't know. Look, if you if you rip me open, here's the truth. I feel like I am a very love, loving, soft sweet empathetic guy that's truly how i feel but i think from being brought up in the 80s i i just a different generation i don't give a shit i don't care if i'm gonna hurt their feelings i don't it it doesn't because i know that my where i'm coming from is such a good place that if we could just strip down the bs they're gonna feel they're gonna feel my intention so all of that stuff is not even on my radar you know, because look, maybe it's also from my 17 years clean and sober. I knew the only way to get through to me was to talk straight and not come around this way and come around that way and be, you know. So as long as they can feel that, look, this guy's not going to hurt me. He's He walks the walk, he talks the talk, but I go directly to their heart. I think that's the only way we can do it.
3: Mm, yeah.
2: That's a great point. I've come to find that in in this type of work, if you are a coach or a therapist or you're anybody, even a mentor, if you're not delivering hard truths to people, you're not going to help them. And I think that that could be something people get caught up in. So it's great that you expressed you don't really care about it, right? Because people care sometimes about how they're being viewed by others. And so as a coach or a therapist or a mentor, whoever you're showing up as, if you care about how they're viewing you more than you care about helping them, you're going to be in that role where you're not going to be honest enough to challenge them to change their lives. So I love the fact that you're bringing that awareness and those hard truths and the accountability to the people because that's really what creates transformation. So you're the real deal, Adam.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, man. And, and look, David, I mean, David knows this too, right? I'm, I'm as human as the next person, right? I'm sure if we were talking about uh being on stage in front of 3,000 people or you're gonna go meet Michael Jordan for the first time, then I'm gonna be in my head a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because n- now now the focus is on me. But really when we're about to when the three of us are about to meet somebody and it's truly they need our help, I don't know what it is, but that that bullshit does it just melts away. Mm. Do you know what I mean I, I know why I'm there.
0: You know and Adam, I read your book Lots of holic and it really resonated with me. And, you know, my uh, love language is time. I study time and the utilization of my activities within the context of man-made, constructive mental hours, as well as infinite time, uh, the inconceivable, the relativity that brings great joy in our lives. And, you know, when I was looking at the idea of holic, what kept coming to my mind is that everyone has varying degrees of addiction. And... We can't get rid of it. Uh, you know, I I have varying degrees of addiction. You, Vin, and you know, my dad was a, a compulsive gambler. Uh, and understanding how to utilize the alcoholic, the, the addictive behavior, uh, in, for me, a variance of activities to be intentional and attentional about the activities that put me in a trajectory of where I want to be, not where I don't want to be. Do you believe that you can get rid of addiction or are you yourself just utilizing the same type of strategy that I utilize in order to facilitate addiction in incrementalization of activity and prioritization instead of uh, addiction to a bad behavior that may cost of our lives or other people's lives.
1: Uh, I'd like to. I want to answer it straight. I just think it's coming. The answer is coming to me in two different ways, right? So I definitely think that there's a there's a genetic and neurological makeup that you are going to try to switch gears and take that superpower where somebody wants more and more and more and shift it to something from a negative to a positive. So so I I definitely believe that, right? Let's say people that go to 12-step programs, which I'm a big, big fan of and a product of, you know, they start telling you, go to a meeting every day, maybe two meetings every day. They're starting to shift your all in here to all in there, right? So there's a slow shift. But then I also do believe that, David, when it comes to addiction, let's say in the sense of drugs, alcohol, and substances that will kill you, that will actually kill you, There's a surrender, right? You can't fight it because that's a fight you're not gonna win. You know what I mean? Mike Tyson's gonna keep coming out over and over and over. So there is a letting. So rather than that, there's a letting go uh, and a surrendering to the process. Because if you fight it, that resistance just keeps coming, and and you're you know it's like pulling back that rubber band. You're gonna shoot back, and you're gonna be drinking more, using more. But if you let go and just say, "I, I can't do it. I can't even have one. You know what I mean? It's not like M and M's. You know, it's not. Yeah, you, know, you, you can't just. You know, it, it, this will. This you know, I I can get pulled over for you know for driving and eating M and M's. Drinking and driving is a totally different story. So I I do think that it's a there's a part that you said which is you take that mentality and you kind of shift it from a negative to a positive. But then also when it comes to the the substance that will kill you, you got to let go there's a letting go
0: yeah and that's where my source of faith and yours come from as well yeah haven't checked out or follow adam javan at adam jadam when he's my superhero read lots of Hollywood. your best energetic and genetic inheritance for the greater good and the greater good includes being the best and bringing the best out of yourself uh adam my hero coach Thank you so much. Uh, please come back. Of course, we will see you soon.
1: Love you, David. Vin, pleasure to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you, man. Uh, I'm care, gonna be there.
0: I'll be in Miami next week, so hopefully I'll see you.
1: I just heard, yeah, November 2nd. I'm going to try to make it down.
0: Right on, brother. Thank you. All right,
1: brother. Bye.
0: Bye. All right. Rocking and rolling here on Office Hours. Our next guest is waiting in the morning. Hussein is here. Hussein Hollup, founder and CEO of Momentable dot art uh welcome to office hours hussein
3: thank you david uh, thank you for having me hi vin hi hey, welcome thank you
0: well we uh lo- lo- love uh a seasoned vet in the entrepreneurial space especially with the acceleration of technology uh and understanding how technology is applicable to so many different areas of entrepreneurship and uh you are taking this to the next level. Um, and I wanted to know kind of where is uh, this new platform as it's applicable to art and culture, which seems to be falling away, dissipating from our prioritization as a culture?
3: Absolutely. Thanks for the question. Um, as as someone who grew up uh, not in a, in a wealthy uh, conditions and wealthy area, I grew up in Damascus, Syria. I was always in love in, with art and culture, but rarely had access um, until the internet came. And even with the internet, it's still, in my opinion, or for us, we believe that the that the visual experience of the internet is still broken. So what we want is we want to bring uh, the best visual experience to customers through innovative software, personalization and immersive storytelling. You know, the world is fascinated with AI art um and you know and and like blown away by it when there's a millennia of timeless art and culture stuck in archaic systems structures and markets and we want to change that and that's why we built the company
2: I love that that's awesome and i love your background I, you. I i definitely have a question about what you guys are doing because i've really come to see that at least what web3 and and all this new new world order of art is trying to do is really give power to the creators right Mm -hmm. and make it so that not everybody's a starving artist and only two people are are getting paid you know what what's your feeling on that how how much do you think the world of art is going to expand for access to everyone and how much is it really going to start changing in the next couple of years
3: absolutely the 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 world of art is definitely uh, i mean more access is coming to people right now as an artist you have all of these platforms where you can put your art, you can showcase it, you can, you know, post it on Instagram and share it with people. Uh, The challenges that that we see is for artists, it's it's a high production cost to, uh, they spend a lot to create and showcase art. And even when they do, after they do that, they have to create their website, they have to, you know, put on Instagram, put somewhere else, different platforms. And it's, it's very distracting experiences. And the artist just wants to get on with with doing art. Most artists do. And at the end of the day, they only have one revenue stream, which is if they sell the painting, they survive. If they don't, they starve. Which we uh, we we think that's that's a disaster because uh, artists, if you if you look back, or do you don't, uh, I don't know if you you might, we might remember, let's say, some of the athletes. But no, no offense to athletes, uh, love them. But what we remember about, about the world, we remember Da Vinci, we remember Michelangelo, the people that their work is still left with us, that is still inspiring us until today. Mm. Artists shape our our let's say uh, the consciousness. Of uh, and and represent the consciousness of who we are as human beings, and less and less uh, artists are given, you know uh, the prominent space in our culture. In fact, we try and uh, the 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 move seems to be like oh we have AI art, we don't need artists anymore, which is totally not true. Uh, so that is it, artists struggle with with these kind of things, and uh, and they need all the help we can they can get. So we thought that there is a different way, there's a better way, and the way we do it is first of all through openness. Uh, Web three is all about openness and all about bringing people together as communities. Artists don't have that, or it's hard to build. So we try to help them do that, and we help we try to help them with existing works. You know, the artists have sold the physical paintings. But they still have the digital files that they can make accessible for people around the world that haven't seen the painting that was exhibited somewhere in some gallery. So we try to bring those together. We use technology like AI to curate the experience, which is a major advantage to give you what you'd like to watch. So the more you click, if you, if you, when you use Netflix, for example, the more you watch, the more Netflix shows you something you like and mm. the things that you might want to watch. And that's the kind of experience, while not taking away the joy of discovering something new. And then instead of just surviving just when you sell a painting, you can uh, get money from subscription tips, donation sales. This is something that exists for other creators, exists for musicians, for example, but doesn't exist for visual artists, which is something we're trying to change. And that's what's exciting about this new move in technology that you can bring those tools together easily and effortlessly for artists to showcase their work and have a bigger audience.
0: I love that. It's so interesting Who's saying that you bring up sports, See, my background in running Lee Steinberg <laughs> and dealing with uh, the pro football hall of fame. But, uh, when Kobe, who was a friend of my past, uh, I got a lot of slack because I said a hundred years from now, most kids won't know who Kobe Bryant is. And, uh, it was difficult for people at, at that time uh, to to feel or believe that because every single post uh, was about Kobe Bryant. And every single news station was talking about mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, just like they're talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Uh, every single sports show is talking about those two because it sells <laughs> yes. commercials and does other things. Um, but the truth is, there is this silo, uh, which you're creating now for you know, culture and art that's so important. You know, I was back to Vin this morning and to Adam, you know, I'm down here in Mexico City speaking at the convention center with, you know, Chicharito and Tom Brady. Now in America, people are so impressed that there'll be 10,000 people with, you know, I get the keynote, and Tom Brady and the whole in, for, for me, this is a significant achievement in my speaking career but meanwhile, in Mexico City, more people are impressed that Chichiro is here, uh, the most you know notable premier footballer in Mexico. <laughs> and half the people don't know who Tom Brady is, and that's not fathomable. Uh, I know that you have this personalized approach that we utilize to silo attention and attention. Uh, You are at the cutting edge in that technology. Uh, do you see... This as being, you know, the, the biggest uh, awareness in all content that we have to accept that we live in our own silos, whether it's political silo, religious silo, uh, nationalistic silos. And do you see it ever getting back to people not being siloed by their interests?
3: um it's hard because because people regardless of uh, i mean technology has taken over algorithms show us what 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 we don't know if if the, what we want or what they want it's 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 unclear there's le- little transparency around that so unfortunately with great powers of technology we're not getting the best i think mainly because of the motive i think uh something you talk about a lot which is the what what do you want uh, and I like that. And, and uh, so, what? It, so those companies, unfortunately, want money. Want to, you know, productize us, package us, and deliver us to advertisers. So they will do everything in their power to do that. And that is us being siloed and and giving us what we something that conforms with us. If you remember the internet before 2012, you go on the internet and you you completely see something new every time. Now it's like it's this same old, same old. I think we will get to a point because people are tired of that. People, uh, especially after COVID, where where people thought, oh, now the digital transformation will accelerate and we'll more and more be in online. What happened is the moment COVID gone, everybody wants to be out because we realized how important that is, how important to stay connected and how important to not being locked in, you know. Especially with people we don't like. Some people discovered that when they got locked in with the people <laughs> that so it's like, oh god, I, I need I need to be out. So that's great. And I think also don't want to take away anything from athletes. They they show us the what humans can do when they go after something. So definitely it's it's every everyone has a, a place to play. What we're saying is that the the desire for culture, if you if you know only three percent of all culture and art exists in the world are on display, right? right now, 97% sits in storage. So ninety-seven percent of everything we produced as human beings sits in storage. So we, and as we continue to see, you know, AI art taken over, or you know, people write articles uh, using ChatGPT or books using ChatGPT. People will start unearthing those masterpieces that say, "Well, what would it? What was it really like when human beings, you know, created something that they felt strongly about, not you know, whipped up in in a couple of days?" Uh, don't get me wrong; I love technology, but I love what it can do for us, not when it takes over and uh, when, once it kind of sidelines us. Because I don't want to read something that ChatGPT wrote. I don't want to watch a, t- a TV that ChatGPT created. I want to watch what other human beings, because it's a conversation. I'm here not because you magically found you know a way for ChatGPT to write your script or to replace you, because we now have avatars. I'm here because I want a real connection with someone I I, I listen to some of your talks and like it's really interesting and really actually inspiring. So that is that is what people crave. At the end of the day, we crave that human connection, and I think technology that enables that human connection brings us more together. Is the technology that's going to thrive? And in fact, that's what OpenAI is seeing. Uh, if you look at the direction that Sam Altman's going, he hired Johnny Ive. One of the best product designers in the world. That all that's all about the human touch and how humans interact. And uh, ChatGPT is kind of uh, becoming this layer above technology where you ask it and it does go to the internet. Because I don't want to waste my time searching for things and you know uh, finding things. I just want what I want and then go on with my life. And ChatGPT is great at at getting you those things. So so I can get on and, and do what I want. Uh, I don't want to spend my time you know connecting with people on Facebook. I want to meet real people, and I think more and more we're seeing that we're seeing that I'm seeing it even in my kids if if I know it's anecdotal, but you see it that they're going out more when they were younger, they were more online, and now they meet they got to know the people online and got to see them in real life. And they go out more than I used to do. Uh, So I think that that is where we're heading. We're heading for where human connection, now that everything's automated and we're going to get, you know, AI everywhere and all of that, people are going to crave that human connection and what people see. And that's why we see a rise in podcasts. Why do people want to hear, want to listen to something like radio? You know, we we had radio before. Well, because they crave that. It came out not because, well, somebody decided, the algorithm decided, it came out because people wanted it and people wanted to do it
0: people have emotions and feel frequencies and uh, that's what they want technology is our servant not our master and yeah. uh, we'll continue down that path uh check out lamentable.art check out hussein holick thank you so much for following me hussein have come back more often uh, i love you know, studying history especially art and culture because human nature never changes and it's the best way to learn human nature Uh thanks. I'll have you back on.
3: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Nice to meet you. Appreciate you. you. Thank you. you.
0: All right. I got a friend coming on, and I don't mean old in age. This guy is a lot older (laughs) than he looks when you see John Newbauer. He is the founder and CEO of Tai Chi Yoga. uh, and he is here to talk about vote, buy, invest in Tai Chi Yoga. Uh, It's a two-day immersive retreat, Uh, and welcome again, John. It's great to see you. Uh, Everybody should at least be aware of, if not experience, Tai Chi Yoga, and you've been the expert, uh, business executive for over 50 years. I think you've been doing Tai Chi Yoga for over, what, 46 years or so, Uh, so it's great to have you on, my friend.
4: No, nice to be with you again, David. Thank you. And, but you no, know, I actually, I, 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 I got
0: to tell people, but one second, I, but I hate to interrupt you. The one that I don't have me done on is he's 20 years older than me. And <laughs> we look the same age. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> not nearly as funny.
4: handsome and smart as you, David. So I acknowledge.
0: <laughs> Compliments will get you everywhere. It's a good day for that. Thank you. Anyway, I hated to interrupt. Go ahead.
4: No, what I was going to say was, you know, the last time you and I saw each other was on the uh, stage of America's Real Deal uh, for the uh, uh, the red carpet interviews uh, back in uh, October. Uh, America's Real Deal, as you remember, had already filmed uh, the 16 national contestants of which I was one to be a part of the show. We were all to be competing for the best up and coming business. And uh, uh, right after I shook your hand but I'm sure that there's no relationship, all of a sudden I had Parkinson's come on. And oh, wow. that was that was shocking to me and I managed to kind of hide it during the interview. But on the way back to Salt Lake City the next day, I thought my ethics don't permit me to ask TV viewers to vote for me is the best up and coming business when in fact, I'm not even sure if I can get my Parkinson's under control. So I withdrew from the show, which uh, cost me a lot and was disappointing to uh, America's real deal. Uh, but I was, I was fortunate to find a doctor who said, your years of Tai Chi yoga are what prevented you from having this come on sooner. And more importantly, if you will accelerate what you're doing in combination with my medical care, I believe we can get this under control. So three months later, my Parkinson's was under control and having lost the opportunity to put Tai Chi Yoga in front of millions of people, I asked myself, what could I do to put The gift that was given me, just like you've got great gifts that have been given to you that you put in front of people, because we're commanded to be a light into the world and to use the gifts that we've been given by uh, the God that we worship above to other people to help inspire, to help, to serve. And that's what I asked myself, how can I do that? So I had the, uh, uh, the impression that I should write a book. So I wrote this book, The Power of Tai Chi Yoga, uh, published it on Amazon this summer. And, uh, you know, the combination of that and my story of how it's helped me get Parkinson's under control has uh, uh, allowed me to uh, begin to take my message to uh, local TV stations around the country.
2: That's awesome. I love that so much. John, love what you're doing, man. I want to I want to go get that book for my mom, actually. I feel like she could probably use it. I, I got a I got a quick question for you. So I'm a big fan of yoga. I've done a lot of it myself. I've always struggled with the stillness in it, right? I, I like to be moving. I like to be energetic, but I find yoga is very still, and it's difficult for me. With this combination or this power that you're bringing to people with Tai Chi yoga, how does it how does it help people, or could it help people like me who are too wanting to move around to sit still. Like, what what does this really do for us? What's the process? Can you go
4: a little into that? I'm so curious. I can, and I'm really glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm a former college uh, basketball player. I too like to move. uh, uh, I ran uh, uh, for years until my hips gave out. uh, uh, So, so, and, and for me, when I started yoga, I loved it because it, it certainly accomplished a lot of things that I needed to give attention to, which was leg cramps from basketball, my hair was falling out, uh, um, just a number of other related uh, health issues. And But like you, I didn't like to get in a position and stay there. I wanted to have movement and flow. So when I was introduced to Tai Chi, the Chinese martial art, uh, a couple of years later, I thought, yes, I like the flow. And so as I was inspired on how to blend the two together into a single art form, I found that by doing so, I applied this flow to my yoga. So yoga is not about getting into a position and staying there and then coming out of it. It's about how do we flow into it? How do we flow out of it? How do we flow into the next movement? And then combined with that that natural flowing and meditation movement of Tai Chi, it's a uh, to me, it's one plus one equals three. The two combined together are much more powerful than either of them practiced alone. So I, it. I yeah. think it's perfect for someone like you, Vin, but I leave it for you to judge and give me critical feedback on whether I was right or not.
2: I'll get two books, one for me and one for my mom. I'll check it out myself. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that
0: I've learned, and you know, I have two questions as we finish up. One, can you still
4: headstands and leg splits? Well, the absolute answer is yes. In fact, uh, the uh, TV stations that I've been interviewed on so far, either whether I was in a suit or in a yoga outfit, that's how they ended the interview. John, would you do that split leg headstand that you uh, normally do? And so I'm on camera and TV stations all over the country.
0: I love love it. And just to finish up, you know, I work with the guys of faith, of ease, that that which walks with me, something bigger than me, that loves me more than my mom, all that power and mission, infinite source that I've been blessed with, uh, I create dis-ease to. And what I found from Tai Chi Yoga and this idea of being in the flow is, the more we're in the flow, the more we can recognize the disease. Sometimes it's obvious when our hands are shaking because the disease is labeled as Parkinson and. Other times it's inherent in our genetic and energetic inheritance, which is difficult to find, like addictions that Adam was talking about previously. Um, for you, you have really mastered You've mastered the flow. In that context, do you feel it has heightened your awareness to any disease, whether it be a person or content or an idea? or an actual physical cellular disease? Have you been at ease and in the flow, the majority of the time has elevated your awareness
4: to disease? I love that question. Uh, and the answer is yes. Part of the practice of Chi Yoga, not only the exercise in itself, the movement, but the incorporation of the breathing produces greater self-awareness within us. And as we increase our self-awareness, Um, You know, there are three things that Chi Yoga I've experienced has done for me, and I believe it can do for everyone. Number one, it helps me look younger. Uh, And I appreciate your kind comments at the beginning because I've accomplished that. I was with a yoga instructor uh, uh, in 1973. She looked like she was in her late 20s. She told me afterwards she's in her late 40s. And men are not like women. We won't acknowledge that we want to look younger. But in fact, I said to myself, I want that. Uh, And thankfully, after 50 years, I've accomplished that. Second, I feel better. And not only do I feel better after I do it, I feel better while I do it. And that feeling better is what increases my internal awareness. And finally, it allows me to increase the longevity of my life. Because I believe, like you, David, that we are here to do good and touch as many people's lives for the better as we can. And by increasing my productivity, my longevity, my years in mortality, I believe this gives me the opportunity to do that as you are so well doing in your world and domain. You
0: are increasing the productivity, the accessibility, and of course the gratitude, the ability to find the life of and the lessons in this beautiful journey that we walk together in harmony joy and peace and ease flow tai chi yoga hold up the book one more time for me john neubauer my dear friend check it out it's an easy read but it will change your life we got two copies coming for vin and a few <laughs> copies coming for me john thanks for joining us check out tai chi yoga app, and uh, you can follow john as well and learn more about being at ease. We'll see you soon, my friend.
4: Thank you, my friends. Thank you very much. Good to be with you again. Great to I be don't... with you.
0: I'm glad you're well, congrats. All right, Ben, we have a little thing as we finish up called takeaway of the day. We on our friends to help pour into the community of people that want to help each other and know people that can help each other. What's your takeaway from the day through those genius eyes of yours?
2: I think I'm going to stick with with John. I mean, the Tai Chi yoga thing is so fascinating to me. It's been something that I've personally struggled with is stillness because I'm somebody who I love stimulation. I, I think I'm always stimulated personally. And so wanting to develop levels of stillness has always been something on my radar. And mixing Tai Chi yoga and shifting the perspective from Not sitting in a stillness or a position, but more so creating a flow in your life. I think that's great. And that's something I actually work on daily. So now I've just like looking at this, I'm like, wow, mind blown a new way to enhance my life. So I'm, I'm ecstatic about that, about that last one.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. My takeaway for the day is about awareness and the importance of having a baseline. And Mm -hmm. I know you deal with it as mental performance coach and a psychotherapy uh, specialists to be able to facilitate where's are we at today where's our baseline today in order to raise our awareness when we are either elevating our baseline or dipping below the line, accelerating in the wrong trajectory and in order to facilitate uh an improvement a delta an advancement a persistent pursuit of our potential we need to establish a baseline and in order to have a heightened awareness heightened frequency and vibration that baseline is so important in all the different spiritual mental physical and emotional levels so determine your baseline whether it be through coaching and mentoring it through tai chi meditation whatever it may be facilitate meeting yourself where you're at and then determining the progress that we make each day a progress that's very difficult as human beings to be aware of uh, awareness is stem from a baseline stable data and be able to improve progress not perfection we see that every day vin and i if you're not following vin please do so he will change your life an extraordinary performance coach and with the mix of the expertise of psychotherapy he's legit too legit to quit here on office hours thanks for joining me vin say hi to your mom as well
2: of course. Thanks, everybody.
0: <laughs> Thank you, buddy. All right, everyone. We are in Mexico City. Swing on by the kicker, Chico, Tom Brady, and myself will be throwing it down in front of 10,000 people. Very excited. I'm not uh, one to brag, but I am bragging. I get to speak with Tom Brady. I am super excited. Sorry, that's the essence. I don't like to pretend, but I'm excited. But I will be in Orlando tomorrow doing a meetup. Uh, We'll be in L.A. on Saturday and Sunday, meetups, VIP dinners, and the Charger Bear game. So come and see me. If you'd like a book, a guide, an exercise, something I talked about, if it's free, it's me. So email me, david at dmeltzer.com. david at dmelzer.com. Remember, most importantly, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you. Adios, amigos.